My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hello, welcome to episode 128 of Legally Clueless. I first must apologize if you happen to catch my neighbor's dog in the background. It's either the dog or her noisy kids. So... <laughs> I think I'd much prefer the dog. So just a disclaimer. However, thank you for rocking with this podcast, for being part of the tribe. Remember, you can join our Insta family. We're at Legally Clueless Podcast. You can check out our video series on our YouTube channel. And if you want to chit chat about us on Twitter, just use the hashtag Legally Clueless. Links to our Insta and YouTube are in the show notes. Or just head over to YouTube and search Legally Clueless. You will find us. Season one is there for your viewing. (laughs) All right. I am really excited about the story you're going to hear because it is a story that we recorded during our just concluded tour. And this particular story was recorded in Mombasa. Every time I go to Nairobi, I had to like inform him. I'm coming to Nairobi. He would pay for my tickets and I'd go. But this one moment, I didn't tell him. When I was... At the sitting room, the door to the bedroom was open, and I see someone in bed. I get to the to the bedroom, and I find this woman in bed. I open the duvet, and I'm like, "What are you doing in my bed?" Remember, he's paying all my bills, so I need to. Should I forgive him? Because how am I going to survive in cost? Took lots and lots of wine, and we went home to his place, and we had sex. So I'm just trying to ask this lady more about this guy because we think we are fit for each other. So this chick tells me, don't go there. This guy is positive. So I featured on the newspaper on the 18th of November. On the 19th, my ex-boyfriend now released my nudes to the public. Sent to my parents. And remember, these were lesbianism clips. Seeing your nudes out there is, is humiliating. That is a story by Quinta. We're going to be getting into it a little later in this episode. I do hope you're doing fantastic. And as always, I hope you're surrounded by peace and grace. Two very important things, Ndio. <laughs> On my end, we have just concluded our tour. So we started off in Nairobi. We went to Kisumu, Nakuru, and Mombasa. And we've just gotten back to Nairobi. Immediately after we got back, I was like down in the dumps. I think because one, my heart has just, can I say... It, <sighs> The person who I've evolved into does not like Nairobi. I think there was a time I really loved living in Nairobi, but that time has passed. (laughs) That time is gone. And so coming back after experiencing such beautiful places and people, honestly, I was just like, man, what am I doing? I need to hasten my plans to get out of the city and just slow things down a little bit so I was like down in the dumps about that and then I also think normally when I am recording stories for the podcast I will schedule a therapy session like a debrief session for like immediately after I record stories I haven't been able to do that for this tour because like as soon as we finished the Nairobi circuit we were like planning to go to Kisumu then we were in Kisumu Immediately after Kisumu, went straight to Nakuru, had like one night in Nairobi and then to Mombasa. So in all those places, you're recording about six to seven stories, all very powerful, but some can emotionally sit with you. And I think that's kind of what happened. So probably have my debrief session sometime this week. But on the good side, now that I've started just with negative stuff, my God, I'm so sorry for dumping. (laughs) negative vibes your way first on the flip side which is a good side i do think like this tour reawakened something in me in in terms of like an intimate knowledge of who i am an intimate validation of you're actually right where you need to be doing exactly what you need to be doing which is just fantastic it feels so good when you go through that and whenever i have those moments of like reawakening or like intimate reconnection with self I shave my hair off (laughs) I know it sounds so random but and it's not even like I plan it's not like when the feeling comes I'm like aha where is the shaver no like I just feel compelled to I really can't explain it so this morning (laughs) I'm 
actually like recording this absolutely bald i do not have like my wigs on nothing okay not absolutely bald like i still have like a little bit of hair but this morning we started off the day with fall helping me shave my head yo man <laughs> i it's beyond me it it just happens every time i feel this feeling so <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> away from my lack of hair I also got so much writing done during this tour. Okay, not like tons, 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 but like such beautiful pieces. In fact, there's one that I'm so proud of that is about love and just like souls uniting. And it's it's like such an honest depiction of what I believe like soulmates are that to be able to like trap that feeling in words perfectly and concisely is just beautiful. So that's always a good thing. It's always nice when like, like writing poetry to me is, well, I've never given birth, so I don't know if I can it's it's what I think giving birth is like, like you have this thing in you and you're just like getting to know it, getting to know it. And you're just like, come out, come out. <laughs> no, is, is, is childbirth not like that? Anyway, it's like that for me with poetry. And I'm just like, come out, come out. And you see like the poem only, only comes out when the words are ready, you know, to like kind of like receive that emotion. It feels so good, so good when something has been in you for so long and it's out and it just looks so beautiful. Are you guys sure that's not how childbirth is? <laughs> anyway, that's how it is for me with poetry. So it feels good that I had some time and so much inspiration during this tour to just write. Another thing that I have decided to do, honestly speaking, this is something I was planning to do before the tour, probably even before I knew I had received the grant for the tour. I was already having these talks with Fal. Again, I just felt like I wanted to explore and like Life was passing me by while I was just in Nairobi. I know it sounds like I d really dislike Nairobi. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Is that convincing? I just really wanted to go to other parts of my country for longer than you would on your average holiday situation. Just stay there for some time. I feel like it would do something for my spirit. It would do something for my writing and just like overly for me. And so before, long before the story, we'd been talking about that. I had fronted that, okay, well, we are trying to get our ducks in a row to be able to relocate and still earn a living and all of the logistics that come with that. I could... <laughs> Every three to six months, go to a different county and just stay there for like three weeks or something. Obviously, be dependent on my work as well because my work is very sporadic. But the good thing is that most of it can be done remotely. But yeah, we were already having those conversations. It's so awesome, I think, to have a life partner who kind of like meets me where I'm at. We are very different <laughs> so different so alike in many ways but so different in so many more ways and so I remember when I brought that up he was just like what <laughs> but you know I think and I hate giving relationship advice because honestly your relationship is yours and you decide what works for the two of you but I think it's got to be flexible and it's got to be accommodating of where each of you are in a way that doesn't dishonor the other person. And so, yeah, that's something that I'm now actively working towards. I'm very scared about it and I can already foresee myself postponing it because the next time I'll be able to even think about traveling like that will probably be November, which is so close to the holidays, but we'll see. I'm a bit scared about it. But I also feel with my whole heart that it's definitely something I want to do. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed being in Kisumu, Nakuru, and Mombasa. And those are just three counties, eh? Meeting different people. Ah, I want that. I want more of it. I really do want more of it. So that's the next thing I'm trying to. And if you, by the way, do this, because perhaps I'm like preaching to the choir. Maybe you take a three-week sabbatical. <laughs> Is 
is that what we're calling it? Well, whatever we're calling it. Maybe you do something similar to that. If you do, I would love to hear from you, like how you plan your work around it. Yeah, just how is it going for you if you do it? Because I really can't wait to start. And to be quite frank, what I think life is all about, sorry if I'm rumbling, but it's something I've given so much thought to. I think life is about gathering memories and experiences, at least where I am now. And I I feel like I've missed so many years of that because I dedicated so many years to just healing from so many things. Even before the healing, those things had kind of like locked me out from living life. And I feel I was just like existing. And so now that I'm capable of living, I want to gather as many memories and and experiences, you know? Think about it like you're strolling through life and you're gathering these things and you're putting them in your pocket. I want when I hit that finish line to have my pockets like sagging and just tired and like give me free, you know, like full of memories and experiences and I just don't want to waste any drop of my life. Yeah, I think that's really it. Just filling it up with experiences and not wasting it, just living it, you know? Anyway, that's where I'm at. (laughs) Bald-headed and all. And let's jump into the song of the week because I really love this song. The name of the song is Zina and it's by Babylon. Babylon are an Algerian band. And the name of the song that I want you to listen to is called Zina. I have absolutely no idea what this song is about. I tried to Google meanings and everything is in Arabic. And like when I was trying to translate, it was not making sense. (laughs) But you know, isn't that the power of music? You may not understand the words, but there's a vibe in this song that is just so beautiful. The first time I heard it, I was in a very, what would the word be? Spiritual space as myself with a friend of mine then he played a playlist random playlist it was not made by him and this song came on and I can't explain to you what it did to me it's like it's it connected with my spirit it connected with me and I don't know music is maybe I have a really weird connection with music but it's it's quite powerful and I just felt so drawn to it so I obviously was like what song is that (laughs) and it turned out to be this one Zena so I think you really should check it out and I hope you have that same connection with it because it was so beautiful I've put a link to the song in the show notes but it's called Zena and it's by Babylon from Algeria. Okay, let's jump into 100 African stories. This story was recorded in Mombasa. And I have to apologize. We were recording in the middle of the CBD at a beautiful co-working space called Mombasa Works. They actually have two branches. Yeah, they've grown that much. It's a beautiful space started by a lovely lady called Cindy. And it's places where startups, different organizations, individuals can go and become members. And you're basically just getting not only office space, which I think is the obvious bit of co-working spaces. But more than that, I think Mombasa Works gives you community. You know, you get to link up with like-minded people. They can add value to your ideas. And it's honestly, especially being as myself, an entrepreneur in the creative media space. Sometimes it gets a bit lonely and so belonging to these spaces can really help you feel less alone, help you build a community around this thing that you do. So if you are in Mombasa, make sure you check out Mombasa Works. I have put a link to their social platforms and their website in the show notes do check it out. On to the story. It is by Quinta, who's so amazing. It was such a delight meeting her during this tour. And her story is really about overcoming quite a few things. But one of the last things she had to overcome was an ex releasing her nudes. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless coming to you from the road. We partnered with African O Filter to take this podcast on tour to Nakuru, Kisumu, Mombasa, and Nairobi, bringing you powerful and inspiring African stories. Hi, um, Quinta Wamburua. I'm an author. I'm also a founder of a nonprofit organization, Girls for Girls Africa Mental Health Foundation. And I'm from Kenya, from western part of Kenya. 
in Lugulu. I was in Form 2 when I met my first love. I grew up in an environment that was very restricted. My, my dad is a teacher, he is a church leader as well. And then my mom is a community activist, so our, our, or rather our family is, is really highly respected in the community. And being the firstborn and the only girl, I was brought up very decently, you know. So when I met this man in Form 2, um, my dad didn't like it because already I was going against uh, the rules in the, in the home, you know. So this man was super rich from a rich family, but we are, were from the same village. But anyway, I was in love, I think, not really, I think I was in love, you know. And then, so my life was okay. I was a bright student uh, from two. I, I went to school at St. Joseph's Kitalia. So I was a bright student. In fact, my, my best subjects were chemistry. I was known for chemistry, you know. I was smashing all those A's, yeah. So when I finished my Form 4, I got a B plus. So I was to join campus in Mombasa. So I was called to pursue maritime in Mombasa. So my dad didn't like it because already as a student, as a young girl, I was already in love with a person who was, he was 25 at the time and he was done with campus for him. So my dad didn't like me coming to coast because remember, I have grown up in the village. Literally my whole life is in the village. So this is my first time away from, from, from my village. This is my first time away from family and, and away from parents. This is, I think, I mean, everything was first time, first time, first time. So for me, I really wanted to come to Mombasa. So my dad was like, I'm gonna go to KMTC. You see where KMTC students still wear their, their, their uniforms and you know, shoes and socks. And, and I'm like, no, I can't do that. I, I need to go to campus. I, I mean, I need to go to campus. So I spoke to my boyfriend about it because actually guys were joining university and my dad was like, Quinta will not join campus. She will join KMTC in Webuye. I'm like, no, I can't be born in Lugulu. Go to high school in Western, and then I'm also going to campus in Western. I'm not doing that. So I spoke to my boyfriend, and he's rich, and he told me, yeah, I'm gonna pay for you. I'm gonna pay for your fee. So do this, you pack your things, and then if you can, if you can steal the letter, do a copy, and then you're above 18, I mean. I can't pay for your fee, let's do this. Yeah, so <laughs> I stole the letter. I, I told my mom about it. My mom, I'm the firstborn and the only girl, so I'm super pretty close with my mom. So I told my mom about it. I thought she could be loyal to me. Boy, I was wrong. <laughs> she told my dad about it. Kinta is leaving where? Campus. How? You know, and so it's more like I had become very rude. Uh, my dad was so shocked. How come this, this girl is just changing and, you know, and so my dad told me about it, like, I know what your plans are, and even from today, I shouldn't see you getting out of this gate. Now, I was like, being at home, never to leave the place, never to go to the market, my life was just now indoors. So we went to church, like I mentioned before, my dad is a church leader and everything, and also I'm a church girl. So yeah, I went, spoke to the pastors after church, I told them, because what guys are wondering, Quinta is not going to campus and guys are going, and she passed, she got a B plus. So I told my pastor about it, and they're like, we'll come home, because now, uh, I had missed. I, I had to be forgiven to, to, to be allowed to come to campus. But when I spoke to the church leaders, so they came at home. So you see, my dad was again angry because it's like I had, I had set him up to the church. So pastors came, there were like five of them at home. In the evening, they were, he's even shocked. So they came and they I had told them the whole truth. So they, they knew the whole truth. And so when they came, they helped me, you know, like be forgiven. So my dad was there. It was an emotional moment. Uh, it was it was really emotional. I was so sorry, but this was a girl in love. I mean, I, you can't take that away from me. It's she's in love. I mean, come on. So I I was allowed to join campus. My dad and my mom. It was very emotional that night. So the pastors left the home. I came to Mombasa. Remember, this is first time, first time, first so culture shock. You know. <laughs> So in 2015, in September, I, I joined Mombasa too, Technical University of Mombasa. I did, I started my course in BCom Maritime. And so my parents left, they went back home. So I'm left in, in the city. I mean, I'm still in love. My boyfriend was in Nairobi, so he came over. Now he rented a house for me, an apartment for me. Like we just continued with what we were doing in the village, but now we're in the city and nobody is here to like restrict us. So life continued. I dated him. I still continued dating him. Life continued. Uh, we got to our third year, and now that we actually growing into the relationship, my family started being okay with it because this is since form two, you know. So they slowly started to accept, and actually I was to get married after my fourth year, right? So one time in third year, every time I go to Nairobi, I had to like inform 
him. I'm coming to Nairobi, he would pay for my tickets and I'd go. But this one moment, I didn't tell him. I just packed my things and I left, I went to Nairobi without telling him. So when I got to our home, because that was like my home, I mean, my matrimonial home, uh, when I got there, I, it was Sunday in the morning, because I traveled over, over Saturday, so Sunday in the morning. So I called him, I called him to, to like help me, because I had carried a lot of things, I was seeing him as I go home to the village. So I called him, he didn't pick. And I got those cheese of, okay, why is he not picking up? I again called him, he didn't pick. It was a surprise, but I think I was done. I'm like, no, let me just tell him, you know. But he didn't pick. I'm like, okay, so what could be happening? I mean, anyway, let me go. So I struggled with the things I had carried. I, I went, I got to the door, I knocked the door, and then he came, opened the door. He'd, he'd been wrapped his, his body with a, with a towel. So he was shocked. Like, you're here? I'm like, yeah. You didn't tell me, I'm like, I've been calling you. Okay, so can you please uh, help me get these things in? Let me enter in. I mean, I'm, I'm so tired. I've, I've traveled all the way from Mombasa. Let me just get into the house. And when I was at the sitting room, the door to the bedroom was open. So if you're walking towards it, you could see inside. And I see someone in bed. And I'm like, no, it can't be. It can't be. I'm like, it can't. But, but I'm walking towards it because he's still at the door. I'm like, no, it can't be. So I'm walking to the, to the bedroom, I, I get to the, to the bedroom, and I find this woman in bed, and I open because she was still asleep, I open the duvet, and I'm like, what are you doing in my bed? What are you doing in my, and she's also confused, because now, okay, and I'm already beating her. I'm like, no, what are you doing? I'm like, no, I'm already screaming, I'm shouting, it's early in the morning, remember? So she's waking up, and she's confused, and this man is now coming, walking towards me, and telling me we can talk, I'm like, what? And then guys are coming in, like neighbors are wondering because I, I really caused chaos. And guys are like, what's happening and everything? And this man just says I'm an ex. I'm like, okay, uh, since when? We've been talking, I mean, since when? I mean, make me understand, you know? You have made my relationship with my family to not be okay. You've, you've taken me on levels where my life has been with you. I'm not even close with my family. It's been, you've been my world. And then my world just shattered. I got chills on my body. And I was like, how? I didn't know anything else apart from him. He was my world. Uh, the lady left. Neighbors left and started saying, uh, exes wanna kwanga evo. And I'm like, okay. So this man is there, we are now left. And he's like, I'm sorry, I had to, to do that because you know, I didn't want to be told to move out of this place. And I'm like, at the expense of my feelings. I mean, you didn't even care about how I'd feel. Because what is this? One, who's she? And then two, why would you say that? You know, he's sorry and everything. I'm just like, nah. Remember, he's paying all my bills. So I need to, should I forgive him? Because how am I going to survive in cost? And you know, but again, no, it can't be. But he's like, you make the decision you have to make. I said, I'm sorry. So you see, I'm left where if, if I leave him, then I need to find my way out. But again, I need to have him because I need bills to be paid. But again, I'm hurt. So I went home. I slept that day. He was sorry and needed me, but I was like, nah. So I slept over. And then the following day, I went home, spoke to my mom about it. My mom was like, you guys have dated for quite some time, so I can't advise you on anything. You had to disrespect us at some point. So just find a way about it. I came back to Costo, I shoved. So slowly I started sinking into depression. And I didn't know. The friends I had around me just left because I, I became an introvert. I started smoking weed a lot. I, I just lost sense of who I was. I, I'm still with him because he has to pay my bills and everything. And remember I was in third year, but for me I was just dying in the inside. I was, I was a model initially. I, I was very extroverted, so people knew Quinta. And then all of a sudden, I have just withdrawn completely. And I don't know how to go about it. I know I need to forgive him, but that is, I'm just heartbroken completely, right? There's a time now, when it reached to December, a cousin of mine saw me, and he was shocked. He was like, Quinta, you're changing, because I became just, can I say, someone who didn't care at all. Uh, even taking a bath alone was, was a problem. I would just show up in school just because I have to show up and just do exams and go back home. Life just became, I just, I just started living life, you know, like one day at a time just loosely, yeah? So he told me, what do you like doing? And I'd be like, yeah, I like going to the gym, I'd like to have my body back. And he'd be like, if you can go to the gym, it will help you find yourself. So we went home, 
December after schools had closed. That was now 2017, we went home. 2018, we came back. This man is still paying my bills, remember, but we're not together because he lives in Nairobi, I'm in Mombasa. But we went home, his family, most of the time, they're from the States, so they would come. So December, we were still together, but for us, we knew we were having issues. But you know, now we were getting to the point of getting married. So it was kind of an embarrassment to actually accept that these things are not working, you know? So when I came back to January in 2018, uh, I told him I need to join the gym. And he had allowed it, like, I'm gonna pay everything for you. I'm not going to leave you because I know he's already put me in a lifestyle that even my own parents cannot, you know? So I'm still gonna be there for you, but if you still don't want me, just let me know, I'll stop. I can't stop, I still, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, so I came back in 2018, uh, this has been school, uh, I, I started a gym, he started paying, it's such an expensive gym, I mean, he was rich, so yeah, I started went to the gym, and I think when you've been heartbroken, you're likely to have the rebound thing, mm. so um, I'm just from a relationship, I get to the gym, and also if you're hurting, you, you get to attract people who are hurting, <laughs> so I find this divorcee at the gym, <laughs> he's also hurting, he's come to find himself, and then we trauma bond, <laughs> Hi. So this is this is us at the gym January. We already in February we're already going out because remember I was just doing my things indoors, yeah. smoking, sleeping and all. But now for the first time I'm meeting someone else not from my previous circle who's at least taking me out, you know. So yeah, he calls me for a drink and why not? A girl loves wine. So yeah, we go for wine. Took lots and lots of wine. And we went home to his place and we had sex. Life continued. I'm still juggling between school and gym. School and gym. So this, I'm a lawyer, remember I mentioned. So there's a time, there's a lady at the gym. She's a lawyer and she's the one who sweeps the gym. So I'm just trying to ask this lady more about this guy because I think um, we are getting it. You know, we, 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 we think we are fit for each other. So this chick tells me, don't go there. This guy is positive. I'm like, we already crossed those lines. <laughs> And I don't want to show her, but she killed me instantly. I died at the gym. I died. I didn't even work out. I died. I, di I literally died. <laughs> I told her, thank you. Uh, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> Let me just go home. So I went to the hospital because of the anxiety. And remember, even this guy, as we are talking, our current conversation has been, are you safe? So we've been talking about it because we had unprotected sex. And then an innocent girl, I mean. So I went to the hospital. I'm like, doctor, you know where you're just being vulnerable. I had sex without a condom. I'm just, please just take me the text. So the doctors did that and they're like, just relax. So they did the text, Eliza. I was okay, the one that shows, you know? I was okay, but I couldn't believe. They're like, okay, if just relax, go home. Uh, just relax now that the test has shown you're, you're, you're okay. Just wait for three months. So those three months, I was dead. I was a walking dead. I mean, I would go out to school and just not okay. I started losing weight completely. My life just took a turn. And then I was Googling a lot, like there are people who can have the, the virus and they don't show it. You know, the viral load is super low, so they can't show. So I started believing that. I, I started abusing the guy and he was like, woman, that's not me. You cannot treat me that way. He came, did the test, he was okay. He threw those tests on my face and left. It was so humiliating, it was so embarrassing. And I couldn't believe I was, I was okay. I couldn't believe, I had believed he had taken the meds so it couldn't show. So for me, I still knew he was sick and I was sick, you know? So that was in February, March. Remember I'm still using drugs and just hating life and then I started becoming suicidal. Quinta, where are you living? I mean, you just lost a seven year relationship and now you have AIDS. So what's the point? What's the point, Quinta? And those voices were so hard. They were so loud in my, in my head and I started planning for it. So one time I'm walking from school at the bridge around April. You see, all these months I've been waiting since February, March, April. So I've been waiting. So I still, all this time, I have been still doing the test. And you see, that's money. So this guy doesn't even know why all the time I'm looking for money. But I'm here in the hospital every month doing the test. I am okay, but mentally, I don't believe. And I've started to lose weight. So there's a friend of mine in school. I just mentioned to her, I had sex with someone, and I was told he's positive, but I've done the test, and I'm not. And he was like, So already people were, anaconda. So it's like I had now given them an answer to their questions. So it started going around again. 
Quinta Anaconda. So I would, I, would, I would walk before people. Remember, I was an extrovert, so people knew me. So everything that was happening around me, people were concerned and they were seeing. And they'd be like, no wonder, no wonder. And people would point fingers, and it used to finish me completely. School never became school. I just was going there to, to do the exams and go back home. I was fighting a lot, but people didn't know how to reach to me. And also didn't know what I really needed at that time. So when I'm going home, the only thing I wanted was to throw myself at the bridge. So I had planned it. I walked from school. I got to the bridge. I stood there for quite some time. And I think there were people who had seen me do that. So just before I did that, my hand was held. And these guys were like, Unataka kujua. You want to commit suicide? Why do you want to do that? And they were so angry at me. And they took by my hand and took me to a hospital. There's another hospital just near the bridge. And you see, I had been working with all these tests since February, March, April, like every week I have been doing these tests. So I have them. So I get to the hospital and the doctors are asking me, What's, what is it? Uh, are you okay? And I'm like, no, why do you, what, what is it? I'm like, I'm positive. They're like, okay, uh, people who are positive live, there's ARV. So they start taking me to that world. Uh, they did the test, I was okay. I gave them the test that I had been doing all those months and they were like, tell us before this, what had happened? Just tell us. So when I started narrating the heartbreak, they said, that was it. That heartbreak is what is causing all of this. So my world was on him. So without him, then there's no world. So my mind believed that. So me being told I was HIV positive, that's what I wanted to hear because eventually I will die. But me being told I'm not, my mind could not fathom that. So I was constantly wanting to be told, you are positive. I would have been okay. So you see how my mind was wired. So they told me, um, we would like to refer you to our friend who's a psychiatrist in Nairobi. So my life started changing. So they referred me to Kenyatta Hospital, where I found my psychiatrist. I had a cousin working there, so it was easy. I had a family member who knew my situation. I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and PTSD. So when I was diagnosed with that, and then put on a medication, but most of my practices were, when I, I used to have the antidepressants, but also the counseling, the counseling, the therapy sessions. So that, that was also my first time to hear mental health. That was my first time to hear depression and, and, and the issues that I had been diagnosed with. And so I started doing a lot of reading about it. So when I was being told how, why I'm behaving the way I'm behaving, what could have led to this and this, I became more curious to understand my, my illness because I knew if people couldn't reach to me, then it was my time to start understanding it myself. So during that time is where I formed my organization, G4G Africa, where I said, if I have been in this state and people didn't know how to reach out, let me be there. Let me be there for any old lady, any woman out there who would be falling into this depression and they don't know what to do or where to go. So I started the foundation right there. I think also writing allowed me to start expressing. So just in writing and my thoughts, just creating another world. And I started the organization. The name started right there in bed. And then when I came back to school around June, we're now in fourth year, I used to have assignments done for me online, and then the exams I did later on. So when you came back in June, there were elections happening in school, and oh yeah, that's me. It's my time to, to share my story. I am a speaker, I, I share a lot, and I, I, re I realized that it was now my time to just get out there for people to understand what I was going through, because they didn't know, and some of them judged me harshly. So when I came back to school, elections were being held and Quinta went on to vie as a president. I didn't win per se, but I became number two. And during that time, I started a, I started a safe space, Coffee with Quinta. And what Coffee with Quinta did is we'd just meet and start sharing. And I could share my story. And in doing that, other students would freely start sharing their stories. So I realized people were hurting, but they didn't have the self spaces to, to kind of share these stories. So Coffee with Quinta Hangout really grew. And at the time, there were so many suicidal cases at the campus. So the Mental Health on Campus project allowed me to have more people uh, start expressing who they are, using arts to heal, going into yoga and meditation, because I started learning on that. And it worked for me, so I used to do to others and we created more like a community you know my work was being seen in school uh, the vice chancellor would walk around and see people you know the posters coffee with quinta all over and people are looking forward to meet Fridays to have the hangout have coffee have these talks and just leave the room and she wanted to know me uh, so she called she, she, she sent out and I was called 
I went to see the vice chancellor and she told me I'm doing an amazing work, congratulated me, I told her my story and she asked me if I could speak to the first years who were joining in September. So slowly my, my work was being recognized and I think uh, I was still healing, I was still on that journey of healing but the more I could speak I could feel some relief because I think I had bottled up so many things, bitterness, anger, everything. So by just speaking out, every time I could speak, I could actually narrate it from a point of healing. So it used to feel liberating every time I could, I could speak of my story and what I had just gone through. When the first years came in September, I was there narrating to almost 7,000 students on the, on the admission day and it felt so powerful because at that time it was my first time to get all this media attention. So radios were there, TV, newspapers and it was my first time again to be on radio my first time to be on the newspaper on TV so the daily newspaper guys approached me and asked for my story because it was it was making an impact so I featured on the newspaper on the 18th of November 2018 on the 19th my ex-boyfriend now released my nudes to the public it was crazy sent to my parents blogs were mad and remember these were lesbianism clips everything first book everywhere everywhere vice chancellor was sent everything was sent videos and nudes that we had sent him when in 2016 he had wanted a threesome you know and remember from the village I'm, this is my man we can explore so we did that with my friend who was bisexual and we sent him so those are the things he finally sent my mom asked me what am i what am i seeing I had not seen them. I'm like, what am Ninini? And then, so guys started calling me and sending me. And I went to my first book because these guys stopped paying my fee, my, my bills at some point. In April, when I went to the psychiatric center, he just stopped paying. So I had to move to my aunt. So I was living with my aunt at that time. So people started calling me and sending me those videos and nudes. And I'm like, okay, this is happening. So my name was all over. Remember, he just featured on the newspaper on the 18th. So on the 19th. So they were all over. And explaining my sexuality one how i i fell back into depression i hated myself i hated my journey i just hated everything but what hurt me my mom was hurt my mom was hurt you know my dad is a leader in church my parents were hurt and when i think about it it hurts me there are people who blamed me. Why did you send? I'm like, is, is, is this what you guys should be asking me right now? Because if you're in a long distance relationship, I mean, you find yourself doing that. 2018, November. Uh, VC called me. She had been sent as well. And she was wondering, Quinta, what am I seeing? In school, remember we were in school, so this other lady, we, 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 we lost her friendship when I started being sick. She was extroverted, so her life continued. But for me, I took time to start working on myself. So I didn't, we couldn't continue being friends because she was, she was okay and moving on. For me, I was taken aback. So we were not longer even friends. So in school, it was crazy where you were working. So there are people who knew me, there are people who didn't know me. So you see, we are, everyone is pointing fingers. Men would, would, would say a lot of shit about it. I mean, seeing your nudes out there is, is humiliating. It is humiliating because it changes how you also present yourself in public and on social media again. <laughs> you know, like, how do you even start again showing up on social media? How, as who? You know, so the VC called me, um, I told her about it, and she said, women like you change the world. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. And so the women around me who, who told me, keep pushing, they spoke to me. But also there was something in me that fought. That inner child in me, that innocent child, she stood strong. As much as I became suicidal, but there was another voice telling me, Quinta, you can't do this. You can save yourself. That child, she fought. She, she really stood strong. Uh, we finished school, we went home in December, so the village was crazy. Because for as long as you had a smartphone, you saw them. The village was crazy because everyone saw those videos and we're from the same village. Let alone that, it was now Christmas. And because I study very far away, I have to like say hi to the church. So the whole church is there, more than 500 people, and they're calling me to say something. What am I saying? It felt like I was the prodigal daughter. I, 
it was it was the loneliest moment in my life those are the moments i felt like i wish i was not connected i wish i was just alone in this world i wish i wish i wish i didn't even have people connected to me because they were hurt just as much my brothers you know my family my cousins people were hurt and they didn't know how to help me they did this they just didn't know but they believed i would rise that, that's what kept me going it's like people already believed in me you know and them believing in me is what made me realize that i have potential in me so yeah i went to the church and say hi to the church winter you've been far away what am i saying <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a sinner ah <laughs> uh. Uh, I have stood alone in in moments that I look back and I'm so proud of myself. Uh, we had that fear they are rich, they can use the money to to bribe anything. And in fact, when they happened, there were people who called me and pretended that they were policemen. So that gave me a lot of fear. They pretended they were policemen and they were asking me why why am I sleeping around with women? Is that what I was sent to do in school? So I felt intimidated. I couldn't even go report. I couldn't do anything. And coming, them coming from a rich family, and I just didn't want. So I focused on my healing. I focused on, let me let me start doing me. It was it was crazy. That was Christmas. That was December 2018. So home didn't feel like home because border border guys would call me names. Yeah. Uh, people would be told, uh, don't be like Quinter, so I was being used like that. And it used to hurt me because I felt like I had embarrassed my, my dad, my, my family, my mom. They, they would be sorry every time they had to take up the mic. They would be sorry on my behalf. And it used to bother me. Like, I have just messed up their careers and their standing in the community, you know. So when I came back in 2019, I finished my school, my maritime course in April. And so I started volunteering because I still used to have my hangouts, coffee with Quinta, and just like, I would rather be in cost doing my self groups, group work, than just being at home because it triggers me. People call me names, people, you know. So when I finished my school in April, I didn't want to go home. So I stayed and I started volunteering at Coast General to work with those kids who, who live with HIV. So working there allowed me to go to school. I started doing psychology. My dad, I really love that man. He, he really has been of support to my journey. So I went back to school to do now the second course, psychology. I was already on the psychology side more than maritime. So maritime just uh, was there as a course, but I went back to do my psychology. So working with course general as a volunteer gave me time to explore myself and heal myself from even the childhood trauma, the guilt, the shame, and still go for my therapy because I still went for therapy, and that is what has kept me, and just having the support groups. So when December came, no, November, we graduated, and at this time I was called to give the commencement speech. It was, it was a good moment for me and my family because I had been, I had really fought, and people could see, and um, we went back home, did the celebration uh, for graduation. It was okay, people celebrated. And during that time, it was November, so the 16 days of activism. And I was leaving my house, uh, graduating, but with that banner of 16 days of activism, and I was fighting against online violence and promoting digital rights. And people in the village were just, well, Quinta has just risen and she's rising, you know. Um, so it was during the 16 days of activism, so I came back to course with my activism. That was 2019, 2020, when corona happened, the UN Women now took me in as one of their psychologists to work with the survivors of GBV in Mombasa County. So I have been working with the UN Women until March, where we met the UK ambassador, Jen Marriott, where she visited our services and saw what we were doing. And then I started writing my book. Like, I have been writing this book for all that time. So I officially launched it during the Mental Health Day, October 10th, 2020. I realized that a lot of people cannot afford therapy. And just therapy in itself in the community is something that we think it's for the Westerners, you know. We think Africans don't need therapy. So I felt like this was a time for me 
with the knowledge that I have and the, the tools that I have used myself to go through this, I can be in a position to help people and just have it looking at the sustainability of it. So can I have it written down? You know, so I started my book, I wrote my story to just demystify the mental health because I still, I really, really believe in the power of storytelling and just having our, our, our stories penned down, but in it having the practical tools that individuals can start working on themselves as well. You know, when you have information, then you stand a higher chance of knowing how to go about with your healing. If I had this book during that moment, I would know ways to start healing. So I penned down the book and I am still on that journey as I heal and as I heal others. A hundred African stories. The Legally Clueless 2021 tour powered by African No Filter. We're traveling through Kisumu, Nakuru, Mombasa and Nairobi, bringing you real, raw and inspiring African stories. So first and foremost, I have put a link in the show notes to Quinta's Twitter. You can check her out, get to know more about her book. She gave me an autographed copy with the sweetest message on it. And the book is actually amazing. I am really blown away because each chapter she talks about her life story, but it ends with like a mental exercise. Ah. It's really beautifully done and I, I'm just so blown away that she took her story and turned it into this powerful thing. So kudos to you, Quinta. When it comes to nudes, man, I think nudes are so powerful. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't, but let me break it down. <laughs> I, I, I remember the first time I took pictures that could be considered nudes, but not in the WhatsApp <laughs> WhatsApp chat type of way, you know, like when somebody's like send nudes, not in that way. It was actually a picture with, well, a series of pictures with the person I was dating at the time. And it was the first time that I was in front of a camera sans clothing. I guess this kind of happens when you're dating a photographer. <laughs> you can <laughs> the cameras are just there anytime, anytime. <laughs> oh no, seriously. The pictures were at a point when I was reclaiming my body post-rape. And it was pictures of him and I. And to date, those are some of my favorite pictures, to be quite frank. Just because of what they meant to me mentally at that time. It was very powerful for me. And that was my first encounter with nude pictures or the nudiverse. And ever since, I've always found nudes to be powerful. Even now, as I am, because when it comes to my body, I have never loved it this much. I really have never loved it this much. And obviously, I do have my days where I feel like, especially my thighs, I'm just like, if they could be a bit firmer. But I mean, I don't hate them. I I, I love them. But yeah, I mean, I have those days. But generally and on average, I've never loved my body this much. And photographing it just kind of brings me some joy I feel like I enjoy my <laughs> my pictures more than anybody who gets them you know what I mean but <laughs> I think it's it's with that in mind that I find them to be so powerful you know and and not anything to be shamed by because like or maybe I'm just too much of a hippie but for me everything has like spiritual meaning and all of these things and maybe somebody's just like yo I just want to like get off but <laughs> for me it's 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 so much more deeper and so when it comes to revenge porn what I don't understand is the shame that we want to give to this person who is just so proud and happy and in love with their body that they took photographs of it why should the shame be on that person and not on the person who's trying to dress another's body that they gifted you access to in shame. That's the person who's meant to be ashamed. That's the person who's meant to be vilified. Not the person who's just madly and deeply in love with their body and madly trusts somebody else. Actually, I don't even think trust is, is, is part of it. It's just... You love this thing so much and you love this person so much and you want to share it with them. And I don't even think it's a thing that should be limited to like long distance relationships because then I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, 
it's an appreciation of your body and different people express love differently you know what i mean so for me it could be i love taking these like shadowy pictures of my body for somebody else it could manifest differently and i don't think anybody should be shamed a for taking those pictures or b for sharing them nope but Thank you to Quinta for sharing that story and thank you for listening to this podcast. I have some good news actually. Spotify just in Kenya released a top 10 list of podcasts that Kenyans are listening to and Legally Clueless came in third which is really awesome. There's only about three Kenyan podcasts on that top 10 list which I have a problem with. Y'all need to listen to a lot more Kenyan podcasts but that we're there is awesome and it's just a testament to two things. One, y'all are awesome. And two, honestly, if you have this wild idea that of something that you want to start and it seems so out of reach, it seems like something that can never be remotely successful, can never even be understood. Maybe you've even shared it with one or two people and they didn't understand it and you're about to give up on it. If you're listening to this, this is your sign not to give up on it. This is your sign to start. This is your sign to take a chance on yourself, to remember how awesome you are, to remember that failure is normal and it doesn't feel good. But there's also a lot to learn from failure and failure is not a full stop. It's not the end. So if you're staying away from starting it because you're scared of failing, no, that shouldn't be the reason. Find another reason, but not that one. But genuinely speaking, if you're hearing this now, this genuinely is your sign. Thank you so much for listening to this episode to the very end. Of course, you've already started hearing some of the stories from the tour on our audio episodes. The video episodes that are so bomb. (laughs) Ah, I think we've done something amazing. Hey, 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 hey. I'm so proud. I'm proud of everybody involved, honestly. Oh, what was I saying? The video episode. <laughs> the video episodes from the tour, it's a four-part series, will be out from the 3rd of September, which is a Friday on our YouTube channel. So make sure you head over there, subscribe, turn on notifications so that you can be the first to watch Legally Clueless on tour, the series. Y'all, I'm so excited. I'm sorry. (laughs) That scream must not have felt good on your headphones or earphones or whatever you're listening to this on. But oh my God, I was so excited. I'm just so excited for you to, to, you know, be on the road with us through those episodes. Anyway, I'm just going to keep going on about how excited I am. So let me end this episode right here. Thank Ouch. (laughs) Just broke something. Thank you for listening to this episode to the very end. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.